This film is Lit, the podcast where we finally settle the score on one simple question. Is the book really better than the movie? I'm Brian. I have a film degree, so I watch the movie, but don't read the book. And I'm Katie. I have an English degree, so I do things the right way and read the book before we watch the movie. Look, some of us are lazy, all right? If by lazy you mean wrong. Prepare to be wowed by our expertise and charm as we dissect all of your favorite film adaptations and decide whether the silver screen or the written word did it better. So turn it up, settle in, and get ready for spoilers. Because guess what? This film is lit. handsome leading man and his beautiful blonde companion do battle with dinosaurs. It's Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds, and this film is lit. That's right, welcome back to the seventh episode of This Film is Lit, the podcast where we talk about movies that are based on books, decide and answer the age-old question, is the book Really better than the movie. On today's episode, we're talking about the 1963 classic, The Birds, which is in fact based on a book, a short story. Short story. By? Uh, by Daphne du Maurier. And the name of the short story is? Or the Birds. The Birds. There you go. <laughs> Straight to the point. So we gave you some fun facts and some background on the book and the movie last time, so we're going to kind of jump right into it. <laughs> gonna start with was that in the book because we can't do guess who this week and you're about to see why for my first was that in the book (laughs) any of these characters no (laughs) (laughs) so as you can tell or as you're about to find out it's a short story yeah it is very loosely this movie is um inspired by i think you might say or based upon kind of basically took the concept of like death birds attacking and put it into a whole new story and i i think we had mentioned i might have mentioned that in last week's episode we probably i think i talked about how he basically just liked the idea and had the screenwriter take the idea of birds attacking yeah and then write a whole screenplay you know a whole new story and storyline around that idea i'm not even sure the screenwriter read the short story just knew the birds attacked i feel like hitchcock read it and then went to a screenwriter and was like okay so birds attack go (laughs) well then probably none of my other was that the books are gonna be in it they're kind of generic like things that happen so they maybe i tried because i had a feeling it was gonna be really different so i tried to pick things that weren't like super specific yeah like Okay, because like there was a lot of stuff, and like I said, I had a feeling that like none of the characters were in the movie. Uh, that's why it was my first one. I was like, are any of these characters in the book? <laughs> are, are is there any analog for any of these characters? Um, even to a, a like to an extent, or is this no. just story not even really no, that this, similar? It, yeah, it's not even really similar. There's uh, a young girl. Okay, well, both. how about this? Let's do before we move on to my other ones. Can you give a brief synopsis of what happens in the book? 
Okay, so... Because most people have probably seen the birds. Most right. people will not have read the story, so... Um, in the short story, and it is very short. It's only, like, 40 pages long. Yeah, you long. read it in, like, an hour this afternoon. Yeah, and actually, I can probably post it on our Facebook page. Yeah. I think I can find a, a PDF of it. Is it a public domain? No, it's not late. Not that old, is it? It's not that old. Okay. I don't think. But it's just... All right, but, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah, because, yeah, you can knock it out real quick. Yeah. So, in the short story, um, our main character is a farmhand mm-hmm. who was in the war, the Second World War. Mm-hmm. This takes place, like, right afterwards. And his family. He has a wife and two children, little girl, little boy. There are some secondary characters, like the the people on the farm that he yeah. works at. And it, I mean, it's it's a similar concept. Where they're in a house. Right, and... they're in a house and the birds are attacking the house. And it's kind of like them trying to, you know, take measures to keep the birds yeah. out. Yeah, so it's like the last 30 minutes of the movie. Mostly. Pretty much, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is there anything beyond that uh, in terms of, like, other, um, the, you know, is there anything going on in the village? Is there a village? Is, it, is there anything like that? You know what uh, I mean? No. Um, is there any other characters in that regard? There's not any other story okay. to it. So, so here, I guess this is my question. Here, paint this picture. Book opens. How does it open? Like, what's happening in the first couple pages? Just roughly. He is, he's working on the farm. They're talking about how strange the weather has been. Um, and he starts to see, like, the seagulls acting weird. Okay. I mean, the, the story jumps right into and it. And then, so it progresses from there pretty quickly to yes. birds attacking. Yes. Let's get inside and fucking batten down the hatches or whatever. More or less, okay. yeah. Interesting. Because that's, that, that kind of covers probably the rest of my was that in the book. Um, there's a little one that could be potentially, and I'll, I'll adjust it slightly. Do the, anybody in the book have, are there any birds in the house, like pet birds? No, they don't okay. have a pet bird. I just, I just wondered if, because originally my idea, or what my question was if the lovebirds thing was a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you said that, like, none of these characters, so I figured it would be, a, if there was, it would be a different thing. But I thought maybe, you know, they had, like, a parakeet or something that wouldn't be that outlandish. I think what we're going to have a lot of our conversation is towards uh, the latter half when we start getting into just some more general discussion about the movie and right. the book. I'll say, I'll ask this for the, it was that in the book. Well, no, there wasn't because he said, I, I was going to say the schoolhouse scene. There is a scene where um, the farmhand, his name is Nat uh-huh. in the book, um, where Nat picks up his daughter from school. Uh-huh. But it's not the same as, like, they don't get bombarded by oh, okay. crows or anything. But there is, they just, he just goes. So yeah. does anything happen at the school? Does he just go get his daughter from school? Yeah, he like, just goes and gets her. Okay. All right. That's, yeah, I was just wondering, because that's like, and we'll talk about it later, but that's, you know, such an iconic scene from right. the film that I was wondering yeah. if there was any inspiration from. At least there was, there. He, there's a, a somewhat of a plot line where he goes to get his kid from it's cool. like it's a little small part of it, it and then that happens before like um the main onslaught of birds right. gets there yeah so well, that's how it happens in the movie too i yeah. mean to an extent okay uh and then this last one i know it's not in it there's no gas station explosion explosion no. Duh. <laughs> unfortunately i figured not but i thought i'd ask so yeah, I mean, I knew right from the get-go from the first question i was like okay i'm gonna say is are any of these people in the book you're gonna say no and then i'm like well 
that's pretty much going to be the end of that in the book because the answer is going to be none of this is in the book. Um, there just... is one other small similarity, but it plays out really differently okay. in the in the story in the movie. Um, there is a scene where birds try to come down the chimney. Oh, in the story. In the story. Um, but it goes really differently because their response to it is to throw kerosene on the fire and light the birds ablaze. There you go. And they use that they use that strategy, at least the fire strategy later in the film. Yeah. But uh, no kerosene involved. <laughs> well, it would be it would have been tough for them to do the uh, special effects yeah. if they had lit all those birds on fire <laughs> as they flew into the house. I don't know how that would have worked. It might have been pretty tough. Which is one of the things that I thought was really interesting is how how well done all of the bird attack special yeah. effects are for nineteen sixty three. And I was looking. I was just looking at it, some of it, uh, like how they did it. And they used an interesting process called like yellow screening, basically, where they Is that shot like yield green screen. No, no, because they had blue screen at the. Well, it's most films use blue screen for whatever okay. reason. I, I don't. I'm not enough of a. I don't know the exact reasons why they use blue versus green. I'm sure there's specific reasons to do with lighting and that sort of thing. We're in TV. We like TV. I'm, I work in TV. We use green mm-hmm. to key things out because nobody wears that color green. I'm assuming Fair there's enough. a reason for blue. Uh, it has to do with how it's shot. I would imagine. I don't know. Um, but no, they use something called yellow keying or yellow screening that had to do with the type of lights they use. They were like a mm-hmm. sodium light or something weird, mm-hmm. and then they shot two different things at the same time. It was very interesting. I, I didn't go. I, I want to watch a documentary about it, but because they had to use this special type of. Um, they couldn't use blue screen, and the reason was because the bird's feather or wings flap so fast that if they used traditional like blue screen methods of the time, mm-hmm. it, you wouldn't the wings would look oh, really would weird, look weird, like it wouldn't work huh. right. So they had to use this special different type of interesting keying to get the birds in there, and it looks really good. Like it, the 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 scene in particular you're talking about where they um all the birds fly, all like yeah. the finches fly yeah. down the chimney and into the into the living room, like is really convincing. For, mm-hmm. you know, 1963. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah. What? Was that in the book? The answer is no. Pretty much. <laughs> other than birds attack. So in that case, we're going to move on to Lost in Translation. And I have one question okay and i think i already know the answer but it's all right because we can get into it and this will kind of branch out to other places of theme and message is there any reason given for why the birds attack no or even an allusion to Um, a reason of why the birds attack there's kind of sort of because at like about halfway through, the main character realizes that they seem to be attacking when tide is out i think oh okay and then they like retreat when the tide comes in so it is potentially related so it's, to the moon. yeah it's like potentially related to yeah the moon or the tides or well the, the tides are based on yeah the moon, so well because they make a mention that it is full uh, the full moon in the movie right when this happens and that's as close as we get to an, to explanation. an explanation of why which that's you know not the point obviously but right. well it kind of is and i think and that's when you get to the wider, um, you know, message themes of the film. There's actually some fairly strong um, environmental themes in this movie to some mm-hmm. extent. But that the, the idea that um, somebody l- later in the movie, uh, well, uh, what's her name? The scientist, uh, the ornithologist. Oh, she has yeah, a that line. Bitch. Yeah, the, 
that bitch. The ornithologist has a line along the lines of, um, you know, it's not the birds that have trouble living with us. It's yeah. humans who cause all the trouble yeah. for, you know, kind of implying that it's of our own doing that we've, that this is happening. And I think there's mm-hmm. some other sort of implications and allegories to that, like with the, the gas station and the shots, the way this, the, and now maybe not, maybe I'm reading too much into it and it was just a cool shot of the gasoline running down the pavement, but like that sort of thing. And this is also, keep in mind, sort of in the height of the uh, the nuclear right. program yeah. to an extent of uh, the Cold War nuclear program. So there was a lot of uh, stuff that we weren't sure, a lot of interesting, crazy, cool science going on that we didn't know exactly how mm-hmm. it was going to turn out. Uh, and hence, you know. <laughs> but yeah, so I think that's the sort of the, um, because I think that's another interesting theme or another theme of the film is sort of modernity versus... Or at least, um, I don't know if you got this, but to me, uh, it was they were kind of uh, opposing uh, sort of the modern uh, city living versus right. more agrarian, yeah, lifestyle, pastoral, past- like yeah, okay. whatever yeah, lifestyle, yeah, yeah. and and <clears throat> because our city folk, you know, invading the town, right, and bringing right. the trouble with them versus these good down to earth <laughs> people of the salt of the earth. Little villagers, fishing, town, fishing villagers. town, you know. They never yeah. had any problems before. You you outsiders, came, or, you know, uh, me- right. uh, Melanie um, team. Or not Melanie. An idea yeah, expressed no. very clearly by uh, the hysterical mother yeah. character. Yeah. yeah, and that's the other thing, I think. I mean, it even touches on hints of, like, of, on thing, on themes of, like, xenophobia and, yeah. hu- and hu- humans making this shit worse. Even if it wasn't our fault to begin with, the, the way the humans react in this situation ramps up which is pretty much what all good disaster Mm -hmm. stories tend to do is that humans are the real problem here (laughs) not whatever's actually happening (laughs) not that that stuff isn't a problem yeah but like you know in zombie movie or you know when the walking dead the the problem isn't the zombies it is but it usually ends up being the other people they run into yeah and the way other people react to being in this no, uh, we make it a million times worse. We make it a million times worse by, you know, not paying attention yeah. and blowing up a gas station in the middle of town while we light our cigar casually <laughs> as fucking gasoline laps Wouldn't against our Wouldn't he have smelled that? He would have, and he would have seen... He, just, yeah. Just completely oblivious <laughs> to the whole I mean, world I know it him. looked like water on screen, but he would have been able to smell Well, I mean, that's what right. gasoline looks like. It's just yeah. clear, but yeah. It, uh, he absolutely would have been like, wow, that's really strong smell of gasoline. Maybe he's anosmic like you, Katie. Maybe. How dare you? Maybe. You know his plight all too well. <laughs> should How have dare made you that plot point clearer. But yeah, that was my question for or Lost in Translation. I had a feeling there wasn't going to be an, uh, an explanation because yeah. I, I figured that, you know, it's kind of the point. They don't really want to go into necessarily um, the reason. It would get a, yeah, especially in this contained of a story as the book. But sounds like it is right where we're not you know because on the at least in the i don't know maybe they do this in the book in the in the movie they they have times where they're on the radio listening to people in san francisco say oh there's this attack going on scientists don't know why or you know we're trying mm-hmm. to figure out what's we're still not really sure why this is happening and that sort of thing so we get a little bit of that in the movie and it, i don't know if we even get any of that um, there the actually is some of that in the story um they turn on the radio at several points and in the story it's happening as far as they know everywhere everywhere because it's happening in london too oh interesting um and then <laughs> at some point they lose the radio signal 
So see, that's interesting. I thought that was an interesting choice by by in the movie to not have it happening everywhere. Yeah, you know I, I, mean? I didn't expect that. I thought it was going to be happening yeah. everywhere. It's interesting. I, and there's there. I'm trying to think of what maybe the reason is for that. And I think part of it might be, is it scarier if it's only happening in this one little place? I guess maybe, because here's the thing. If it's happening everywhere, your viewer knows, like, here's the thing. I think if you're if uh, a moviegoer might mm-hmm. think if, if it's, oh, birds are attacking the whole world everywhere. That's easy as a viewer to be like, that, that's not going to happen. Maybe. Sure, a, a little sure, easier yeah. Yeah. than whoa, it was this one weird random thing where this one town, like it becomes more of like an urban legend that kind of feels real, you know what I mean? Versus like just every bird everywhere. And so I could see it being a more effectively scary for audiences to think it could happen in their town, their little town they live in versus if the story was it's happening everywhere. I think you could, I think you can make a a good case for either way being equally scary. Right. But I'm just thinking that it might make it more, feel more believable and more real yeah. if it's if it's just some weird freak occurrence that happened in one place that we don't know why versus i don't know no i can see that yeah All right, well, where are we going from Lost in Translation? Because all I have other than this is a bunch of notes about the movie. Yeah, that's pretty much what I have. I mean, do we have better in the book and better in the film? I mean, they're so different. Different, yeah. They're completely different stories, aside from the basic concept. So, even more so than anything else we've ever done, it really is like comparing apples and oranges. Yeah. One thing I will say is that I kind of preferred that the story like jumped right into it and didn't have all of the like preamble. Well, and we could talk about that. That's a good jumping off point. This will kind of get into general discussion and we can maybe jump back into better in the book and better in the movie, but... So that's one of the really interesting things about this film is how slow burn this movie is. Yeah. And I like it and I don't like it. I was going to say the thing is I was thinking like partway through that like if I if I didn't know anything about this movie, if I knew nothing about it and I had never heard of it before and you sat me down to show it to me without telling me anything about it and I didn't know what the title was I would have been so bored that's fair for the first like hour I'm so glad we're having this discussion like I would have been sitting there asking myself what is the point yeah what is going to happen yeah is this literally just about Tippi Hedren pursuing a man in the strangest way possible yeah like what is this okay now we talked about this a little bit in last the last uh the prequel to this yeah is that that was on purpose uh, it was that through the marketing and the name of the movie you know exactly what's going to happen right so you're just sitting there for that first hour like when the fuck like <laughs> you're, that, and that, that tension is building <laughs> and that suspense is building and i it's kind of brilliant because even though it is kind of I don't know. It is a little boring. It is a little. It is a little boring and a little tedious. It's also not 
uninteresting. Like it's yeah. like the at least the character interactions are interesting. It's just it's almost it's weird because I can I can see this going either way. I could see when you know it's called the birds right. and you know what's gonna happen. You're waiting, and right. so that's it. But I could also see if you had no idea. Exactly. It would no. no hold on. What? If you had no idea, it might blow your mind when like. Because, like, it's almost good enough of a movie. It's a little slow and a little boring, but movies tended, back in the day, movies, you know, if you thought yeah. this was, like, a romance movie. Sure, sure, sure. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah. If that's what you, like, if you're sitting down and you're watching, oh, it's a romance movie. Like, if you didn't see the opening credits yeah. or whatever. And you see this kind of meet cute at the thing, okay. and then, like, she goes to this, you know, oh, it's a romance movie. Or the other note I wrote down is, like, if I had, because I also wrote, had this thought, if you had no idea what this movie was called or what it was about, and I just watched the first, uh, like, the first, when she meets him, and then I would assume that Mrs. Daniels was a Russian assassin there to murder Greg. <laughs> Because, like, she meets him, and then, like, she, like... Immediately begins stalking Immediately him. begins stalking him and gets a boat to go to his house and then breaks <laughs> into it. You're like, what is going on? But, no, I, I, it's funny, because I could see it both ways. Like I said, I, when you know the birds are coming, the tension is there and building. Maybe they could have sped it up a little, but they hit you yeah. a couple times with some, you know... Right, bird. yeah. And that's why I, I really can't decide if I think this would be more interesting if you had no idea what it was and just watched it. Like, if you could... if you Maybe not for modern audiences, they might just get too bored. But, right. like, back in the day where, where movies... Like, if you were expecting a romantic movie... Like, if this movie was called, like, Lovebirds... <laughs> no, for real! <laughs> Doesn't that, yeah, that call would, it Lovebirds? Give it normal credits, and then see show it to people. I would be really interested to see, and you can even you know that would be a really interesting because that's the thing a classic film class thing is to cut um, a trailer to a movie in a mm-hmm. different style, recut the Burbs trailer into a trailer called Lovebirds, and make <laughs> it a romantic comedy. And there's plenty of material. Uh, yeah. In the, you know what I mean? In the uh, first hour of this movie. Or at least maybe not a romantic, you know, somewhat lighthearted romance movie. And then show the, that trailer to somebody and then cut off the opening credits and then show them the movie. It would be really interesting <laughs> to me. It would be really interesting to me just to see what people's reactions to that I feel like been. Hitchcock might be resurrecting himself to make that right Right? Now. I feel like that would be <laughs> incredible. Because I almost think that's a more interesting... Uh, experienced in even what he said when he was like or his idea of like since you know the birds are coming this yeah. tension building and like that is true and like i get it and then and then once it hits that hour mark which is one of my other notes mm-hmm. it is the last hour of this movie is some of the most suspenseful edge of your seat especially for the time yeah like as soon as the uh the scene starting at the schoolhouse from there to the end of the movie is just like crazy like it, it's just you know you're you're I, I mean like i still was and i've seen it two or three times just like you know in every minute and it's not not remotely boring for that last hour because it's it's just everything is so executed so perfectly mm-hmm. especially right at that the schoolhouse scene through the diner scene through the uh ex, uh the explosion and them going back to their house that like 30 minutes is some of the best like Th- thriller suspense horror movie in the way it's shot the way the dialogue goes that diner scene with uh after the school attack is 
that dialogue in that scene is so natural and so interesting. Mm-hmm. The way people keep interrupting and then like the guy that they keep calling back orders for food and even the orders for food are like jokes where it's like the people are ordering fried chicken and <laughs> bloody marys and like <laughs> just like little stuff like that. Uh, it was really interesting. Anyways, uh, yeah, I I'm glad you said that about the uh, it be it being it is a little boring. It's a little boring, but it's also interesting. I don't know. It's different. Yeah. I mean, man, if you did try to fool people like that, you would have to keep such a tight lid on your advertising. Yeah. Whew. Yeah, I don't know. I you couldn't do it today. You I think you could have done it in 1963 well, without the internet. I I I mean, okay. When Frozen came out. Okay. There's that twist at the end of Frozen where you the guy that you think is the prince turns oh, out to be a bad guy. Right. And I mean, obviously once people started going to see it and like talking about it, oh, that right, didn't yeah. work anymore. But they kept a pretty tight yeah. lid on it. Yeah, there's stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And no, you're right. Yeah, I mean in the sense that as soon as people started to go see it, right. word of mouth would have instantly yeah. been everywhere and people would have been like, Well yeah. Yeah, it would have ruined it immediately. But those first that weekend, first the first of, weekend wave of would have viewers. been in for a fucking <laughs> just the weirdest movie going experience of their entire <laughs> lives. And it's so, man, it's I just wish that that was possible. Like we need to find some people who've never seen the birds, don't even know what it is, oh, and gosh, I can I re-edit know. the Love Birds trailer, <laughs> cut off the credits to the birds, and then and we'll then show them the movie. Show them the movie. Just see how they react. That would be so much fun. I don't know anyone who doesn't know what the birds are. I know, I don't don't either, but... Some other general discussion stuff. You know what's interesting to me? Uh, Especially in light of what we know of Hitchcock now, or at least the, the stories that have come out about him. He did tend to... I mean, he always they're always blonde and beautiful, but he did tend to write, at least to some extent, for the time, relatively self-possessed, uh, dynamic female leads that weren't mm-hmm. at least one-dimensional. Now, they become a little... Like, in the second half of this movie, uh, Miss Daniel... What was her name? Melanie? Mel- Melanie. Melanie. Yeah. Becomes just, like, a useless mess. Yeah. Like, in the second half. But in that first opening and the first bit of her, she's actually a rather interesting, yeah, she's you know, kind of interesting dynamic character. That's not just you know she's she's smart and she's funny and uh, she's not just like there. Yeah, although I'm a little upset that we never find out. I don't think what the practical joke is. Which practical that she, joke? Well, at, okay, so at the beginning of the movie, yeah, when oh, um, in court that she's yeah. in court for or whatever, yeah. She probably killed somebody. What a joke. <laughs> like, they talk about her jumping in the fountain in Rome yeah. later, but I assume that would not be what she was in court for no. in America. No, no, no. So. Yeah, you know, they, that's just that's just the setup for yeah. her being a jokester, I guess. I you know. guess. That's, her, that's one of her big character things, is she has, likes practical jokes. I don't, I don't know, like... That first half hour or so, I was like, what is this story? Yeah, it's like, really weird. It's really she's weird. She's a practical joker, and he came to teach her a lesson, but now she's chasing him across the countryside to give him birds. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, he came 
to get birds and then realized, saw her and decided to mess with her. Okay. Uh, but he was there to get birds. Uh, it wasn't mm-hmm. like he came just to mess with her, like because he didn't know she was there. He See, showed, I wasn't sure. Yeah, no, he just went there. <laughs> he went there to get birds, and then saw her there, and then decided to like mess with her. And then she became smitten with him, and so right. she because he was so suave, tossing his hat atop that bird to catch it. Yes, exactly. And then so she decided to get the birds and take them. You know, and be really weird be about real it. Real fucking weird and creepy about it. And then, <laughs> I love that scene where he's after he finds the birds, and then he uh, runs outside to use his incredibly powerful <laughs> binoculars that give him perfect, as if basically they give him the camera shot of her that we're seeing. Yeah. In his binoculars, and now she's not that far away, but it was pretty funny. And then he smiles right. giantly, and I'm like, no. <laughs> He's positively kill you. delighted to have been stalked. Yes. <laughs> it was the 60s. When a beautiful blonde woman stalks you, you just smile. <laughs> I liked the part where his neighbor across the hall reveals where he lives yeah. and everything about him oh, to a complete stranger. The old yesteryear. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. Hey, thanks, neighbor. Of course. <clears throat> Yeah, he's out of town all weekend. Where? Well, let me give you his exact address so you can find him. And again, but that's also maybe some of the casual sexism of the time. Maybe, to an extent, yeah. a beautiful blonde woman. He, there's no way she could. Definitely not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if it was some guy, he probably would. He might. I mean, who knows? Maybe he yeah. would have. But, like, odds are he'd be more or less likely to, like, he'd probably be like, so why, why do you why do you want to know? <laughs> But when it's a beautiful blonde woman, he's like, I'm doing this guy a favor. You can find him right here. <laughs> By the way, I wanted I wanted to note that I was almost exactly to the minute right in our, my prediction last episode oh, of yeah. when the first bird attack happens. I said, <laughs> I think it happens like 30 minutes in when she's on the boat, and it happens like 27 minutes in when she's on the boat. And I was like, and I think like it. about two minutes before I asked you when we were going to see some birds. Yeah, and I was like... Wait for it. We're right there. Uh, and I, a funny thing you pointed out in that first part um, was that all of the women are, are rightfully suspicious. They're all like, this yeah. bitch. <laughs> What's up with, what is her deal? Exactly. And all the guys are like, oh, that old lady, oh, so nice. Of course, we'll get you a boat and tell you exactly where he lives. That house, see right that one, right there. And then, yeah, I, all the women are like, yeah. what is your deal? Except for the little girl who has, like, no concept of strangers no. or filter no. or anything. Well, she bought her birds, so she's got to be great. much in the way of themes or, or sort of messages from the short story um does it seem to be similar to what i was discussing with what i get kind of vaguely from the movie no i didn't really feel like that was present um well because there are no outsiders coming in right, right? so that kind of um, limits that. yeah um i don't i wouldn't say that there was a message in the story, but the thing that was interesting about it was that it was very clearly like an allegory for um like the bombing raids. Oh yeah, that they had in over in England in, an, in the Second World War. Yeah, like the London Blitz and all that. Like it's very very clearly 
when you read it, an allegory for that. Oh, well, see, that's very interesting, because that's something yeah. I didn't even think about with this, which totally makes sense. A similar type of thing. Because, I mean, it's 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 more post-war, but it's mm-hmm. still Cold War, and they were dealing with the, you know, the sirens go off, everybody run inside and hide under... Yeah, yeah. Hide under your desk when the nuke goes <laughs> off, and or the atom bomb goes off. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's really interesting. I think another thing that you like, potentially just spitballing um because it's also kind of a message theme in the book is just sort of the futility in humans trying to wrangle nature yeah you know what i mean which tends to be on a lot of these type of stories that tends to be one of the sort of overarching themes is that it's ultimately futile for us and Mm -hmm. i know i don't know you say they're farmers in this yeah they're farmers and i i didn't they're not like i didn't get that so much yeah um but another kind of interesting thing um maybe a message was that like so our main character nat um he's a a veteran um and he was in the the second world war and he's like the only one that takes it seriously yeah um so maybe some kind of message there like pretty much everybody else when the attacks kind of start happening, like, it's really small at first. Yeah. And everybody else is like, we're going to grab our guns and go shoot up some birds. Yeah. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah. And then they all die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting, because there's, there's definitely some of that in the movie as well, mm-hmm. where there's a lot of the people initially aren't, remo- you know, like the cop or the sheriff or yeah. whatever doesn't remotely take it seriously. Yeah. It's like, and, and even in the... When after like the the school attack, like the ornithologist is like, nah, that doesn't make any sense. They just saw fish on you, or like with the yeah. guy who said I got attacked on my boat, the captain or whatever. She's like, nah, they just go after the fish, and she doesn't really believe uh, Mel that the crows attacked all the. Oh, she made me angry. I yeah. wanted her to get attacked by birds. She doesn't get attacked by birds. I was really disappointed. But she does learn real quick how wrong she was because <laughs> she ends up hiding in the back of that of the restaurant, like yeah. after everything goes. It's- Bat shit crazy. Bird shit crazy? Bird shit crazy. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> I also thought there was some, I didn't really mention this before, that there was potentially some themes based on the younger generation versus the older generation to an extent. Okay. And I think that comes through a little bit more with Mitch. Mitch. His mom mm-hmm. uh, and her fear of being abandoned. Yeah. Uh, and then the younger and that was actually some one of the things I read online, which was an interesting take. I think it's on the Wikipedia article when I was going through it. Is that uh, some either a film critic or, or somebody, uh, film theorist, talked about this movie and saw it as a representation of the many facets of uh, wo- womanhood, okay. females, uh, mainly represented in his mother, Kathy, mm-hmm. uh, and then... Mel and the teacher as being, okay. you know, the ex-lover, his current lover, the mother, and mm-hmm. then the younger, um, sort of the innocence of the younger. I don't know. I, I, I'd be interested to read that article or whatever the, yeah, that whatever may be, critique of the story. Because that was an interesting angle that I didn't really pay attention to in the movie and didn't really look a lot for. But I could see there are definitely elements of it with how they all react to the situation in yeah. different ways. Which is one of the things that really bothered me in the last half of the movie is how useless they all are. And now I know it's 1963, but it, it it got to the point where it felt a little unbelievable where they're just like, 
especially Melanie, who wasn't completely useless right. the first half of the movie. Yeah. Like, you know, she was, like, going to get the kids and, like, you know, doing things. Yeah. And then in the last half, she's just, like, literally, like, rolling around on the wall. Like, <laughs> some of those reactions feel a little, and I don't know, but, like, the the moment when she's in the phone booth and those moments when she's, like, at the end where she's, like, like writhing and rolling on the wall, like, moaning, I'm like, what? This feels really not... Yeah. Believable. I think the first half of the movie, Mel could have gotten herself out of that room. Yeah. Uh, yeah oh, yeah, and that too. And that and that was, yeah, when she gets in that room and then yeah. she gets attacked and she just sits there for, and I'm or like, and just, just waves her hands around. Wouldn't have gone in the room. Yeah. Or would have opened it and then immediately, like, yeah. peeked in and immediately shut the door. Because <laughs> that would have been my reaction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. I, yeah. And I'm like, maybe there's some sort of, uh, I have to think, or, you know, think, maybe there's some sort of, symbolism in that that i'm missing and like the her her all of a sudden just completely becoming useless in the second half Uh, maybe she's just supposed to be traumatized but you know to be fair maybe this is maybe that's it because the uh yeah because there is she does definitely have vague some vague form of like ptsd after she gets attacked in the room yeah she's like and i don't know how quickly ptsd can is a thing, but like she, you know, she immediately wakes up and is like fighting the birds, and then like is kind of like shell shocked for the rest of the film. Yeah. But you know what is interesting that there is a switch in the middle of that movie where in the first half, or early on, his mom is pretty useless mm-hmm. in a lot of the scenarios and really scared and not able to do anything, and then it sort of switches, and then she starts helping take care, like she goes up and helps Mitch get what's her name out of the room and then she also takes care of her and gets all the stuff and like is like bandaging her and that sort of thing and then it's like they decide to leave so it kind of switches and 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 she kind of gains more um agency Mm -hmm. my favorite word um that's not right that's not the right (laughs) word in the situation but she she becomes stronger in that and towards the end of the film uh and sort of takes over for mel in a sense in terms of like not being useless (laughs) And there's there's probably a way to tie that to her thing about being abandoned and yeah. the dad dying and her not liking uh, Annie, the school teacher. The school teacher, yeah. Yeah, and then I think... Whatever went on between them. Yeah, and then, I, you know, maybe that has to do with once she basically realizes, or, or the discussion is that they're not going to abandon her. Yeah. That she, she decides to switch it on and yeah. becomes more motherly and protective of her. And then the other note I had is that that guy's face reminds me of Robin Williams. In one particular scene, <laughs> in the final scene, when he's walking out of the house to go get the car, uh-huh. the, when he opens the door and walks out, the way his face looks and the and the, the way he moves it, something about the way his face moves and looks in that scene reminded me so much of Robin Williams. How long do we have that rental for? Because I feel like I need to see that I can again. go back. I mean, it's probably that that scene's probably on YouTube as well. But yeah, yeah. I'll show it to you. Something about it very much, like, literally the scene right when he, it was the only time I noticed it. There was something, and I maybe it's this very specific scene of Robin Williams that I'm thinking yeah. of that it's tied to. But, like, when he opens that door to go get the car and he slides out and he's looking at all the birds and then they cut to his face. I don't know. Something about it. I was like, God, he looks like Robin Williams. It was weird. <laughs> it was a very distinct, interesting feeling I had. But. have some better in the book or better in the movie anything can we get to is there anything i know they're so different but is there some general 
I mean, my my general thing is that I kind of prefer the story without all of the extra setup and like other plot. Mm-hmm. God, they really are just two very different things. Yeah, and I and I totally get why. Um, there's extra stuff for the movie. Although, I will say that I would be interested to see this adapted more faithfully. Yeah. I think it would be, like, a really, like, interesting... I can't think of the right word for it. A capsule story or, a, like, a, like, a bottle episode. Yeah. Because it all pretty much takes place in, a, like, in their house. In one house, For yeah. the most part. I, they go down to the farm once to get some supplies, but it actually, it kind of made me think of, um, while I was reading it, it made me think of Signs. Yeah. The movie. Yeah. Well, M. Night is very inspired by Alfred Hitchcock. Mm -hmm. A lot of his stuff is very similar. (laughs) Uh, The Happening is basically the birds, but... Oh, yeah. With plants. It's basically exactly the birds, (laughs) but with plants... And if you haven't seen Good Better Baby, it has an episode on the happening. <laughs> I think it's like episode 15. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, yeah. And uh, yeah, Signs has some similarities to yeah. some of this. Uh, there's a lot of his stuff. He was very clearly inspired by a lot of the sort of thriller. Um, yeah, but I think it would be a really cool, like, kind of enclosed horror movie. Yeah. Um, with the right director. Yeah. And you could, uh, yeah, because it uh, might even be a good short film. Or, or you would have to expand a lot on what was going on within the house. Like, you would have to have more interesting dynamics going on in the house if you wanted yeah. to draw it out over a whole hour. Which yeah. is kind of what this is, but it's mostly set up to get us to that. But, like, if you did that, if you had it be, there would have to be... What you could do would be interesting. Uh, an interesting idea. It's kind of like Clue. Not really like Clue. But, like, <laughs> where it gets right into it. Mm-hmm. And you don't really know who these characters are. Or their right. relationships, but over the course of this thing, you, you figure out them. what the dynamics of the different characters are. And I think if you added something like that, mm-hmm. could be interesting. Because otherwise, I think it might sound like it might be better as like a short film right, or something. Yeah. Where it would be hard if there's not really any interesting character dynamics going on between the people. If it's literally just survival, what's going on, uh, birds... Like that, you can do that, but like that's kind of what this movie yeah, is. Yeah. I mean, barring all the other stuff, the setup and all that stuff, just, that's kind of like what the last thirty minutes of this movie are. I think you could do a, a, a unique and different. And There's I probably think, a movie um, like that that's just well, not we, birds. Well, we talked about it in the mini episode last week, but um, BBC is doing a mini an, series, an, an, right? yeah, an adaptation of the of the story. I wonder how many parts it's gonna. I be. don't know. Yeah. But I think they're modernizing it too, so I'm not sure like what direction they're going to take it. But it's something that I might be interested to watch. Yeah, I'd be interested to see, see what they do. What they do with it because it they could go a lot. Because the thing with with such a bare bones sort of premise, right? You can do anything. Yeah, you, you want can impose it. a lot of different stuff. And I mean, on it. and you can. And, and again, it's there's so many movies that are the same thing that just aren't. I mean, that it sounds like. George Romero's original zombie film, the zombie film that started them all, which came out in 1968 and I've sadly never seen, mm. um, is Night of the Living Dead. And the premise of that, and I, this is just from what I know of the film, is basically a bunch of strangers barricade themselves in a house oh. when zombies attack. Okay. Uh, and 
So it only came out a few years after the birth. So you can do that same story with lots of different things. Yeah, yeah. And now I, I don't know exactly where. I know the sort of modernly accepted uh, interpretation of Night of the Living Dead is that it's about racism and mm-hmm. uh, race relations and that sort of thing at the time. But so you can explore that idea of people <laughs> hiding from a thing <laughs> in a place uh, together in lots of different ways. There's also uh, a, a really supposed uh, The Mist, I think it is. It's supposed to be really good. I'm, I'm not. See, I don't really watch horror movies, so that's, that's yeah. like my biggest gap in like film knowledge is like horror films, and like it's just not normally my thing. I don't dislike horror movies a lot of times. It's just not. I don't usually go out of my way to go watch horror films. So a lot of times I haven't seen those. But I think it'd be interesting to see what the BBC does with it because mm-hmm. they could do anything with it. Yeah, literally, literally anything. It could be like this weird, huge, like political, not political, but like. Like a science, you could do like a like a like an outbreak yeah. style like yeah. science thriller like figure out what's going on thing that could be you where they do, go. They, they could you could do like a, an apocalyptic. It could be like The Walking Dead with birds, yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah, or you could do a really dialed back a handful. It could be like a two or three part miniseries yeah. where it's like a bunch of people in one place getting attacked and then like what's going on. Yeah. Before we get to the final verdict, I have one more thing I want to talk about, and it's just the thing that I think makes this movie, and I kind of touched on it earlier when I said that the part from the school, basically to the end, but um, the school scene is is the scene of the movie. It's mm-hmm. the scene where that one that that's the thing that everybody when everybody that saw the movie went out and said, "Oh my god, you have to go see." Uh, to me, I feel like that's probably what it was because the way that's shot and the sound editing and everything about how that scene builds is like like the masterclass in tension and suspense building and like creepiness. Yeah. Like when she sits on the bench and she starts smoking the cigarette, you know, and you see like a crow land behind her and the kids, you can kind of hear the kids singing that weird repetitive yeah, song. weird song. That really weird, creepy, repetitive that song. they sing forever. They sing it forever. And then, you know, and more, and it cuts back and just the way it's edited, the way it's paced. And then the final reveal as she looks up and watches the la- that, that crow fly over because she hasn't seen any of the ones behind her. And you know, even if you've never seen this movie, I feel <laughs> like you know, and that's what's so matchful. You see, I think at most, when we cut back a few times, we see like six or seven, maybe ten mm-hmm. behind her. But then when she looks up and sees and following that last one, I, I almost guarantee everybody who has never, and I don't know if you felt this way, but like, you know that what's going to happen is that, and probably partially because a lot of people who see it nowadays have seen that even a picture of that scene, you know, or still of that scene with all the crows sitting on the playground, but you just know, and you're just like, Oh no. And then it lands (laughs) and there's like hundreds of them. Just, it's just masterful. It's just like, Oh, it's so good. And I feel like that is like the scene where everybody was like, yeah, Gotta go see this movie. This is like it probably blew people's mind in 1963. I'm I gotta sure imagine. It did. And then, because and then, then it, the the result of that is fucking a bunch of children getting almost murdered yeah. to death by birds, which Just is like running down the street screaming. Yeah, no, it's fucking ballsy. It's interesting. All right, let's get on to it. The final verdict, Katie. I know this is gonna be tough because they're not really even remotely the same thing yeah they're really not but you still have to give a verdict 
I'm going to go with the movie. Okay. I think this was a concept that needed visuals. Yeah. So I think the medium of film serves it well. Yeah. Despite the beginning of the movie being a little on the slow side. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to go ahead and give it to the movie, but I think that the story is not far behind if even equal to for different different reasons i really enjoyed her writing style yeah so is that um, the first thing you've read yeah that's the first thing i've ever read by her um (laughs) marie or no daphne Daphne Maurier, and um i wouldn't be surprised if we do more of her adaptations on here shock that one up to the movie it's another one on the scoreboard i believe it's like (laughs) three to let's see this is seven so i think it's like four to three books right now probably yeah. uh, i think that's right well who which would be the the movies that won princess bride this arrival and arrival i think that's it yeah so <laughs> four to three books but well, as you back to your point on daphne de Maurier, i watched the uh my cousin rachel trailer it looks interesting yeah it got mediocre reviews but it looks really interesting and i bet that's because i don't know like the trailer cut it as a or sold it as a mystery thriller kind of which i guess is probably what it kind of is um the woman by the way the dark-haired woman is uh rachel vice okay uh who i know mainly from my favorite movie of all time the mummy starring brendan (laughs) frazier it's not my favorite movie of all time but it is one of my favorite movies of all time yeah she plays uh brendan frazier's wife well in the first one love interest Yeah, yeah the librarian Evie, Evie, that's her name. Yes, Evie, and I can't remember her last name. I am a librarian. <laughs> I love that movie. The trailer was a little confusing. I was a little <laughs> confused by the trailer, but it looks interesting, uh, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind doing that because I, I think it looks like a f- uh, an interesting movie. I think the trailer yeah. gives away way too much. It looked like because uh-huh. I was kind of like getting towards the end. I'm like, oh well, you just told me what happens here. All right. Well, I, I I don't know much about the story, but I think it might be um, one of those dramatic irony things where the viewer knows more than the characters do. Well, that's for sure at least so, the vibe I was getting because I was like, this, this seems like you're spelling out everything. But even, yeah. even still, even if that's the case, I feel like the trailer shouldn't give away. Well, any trailers are <laughs> bad at that now. But like, if fucking, yeah. I was like, man, I feel like you're telling me the whole movie here. Gotta but, get bodies in seats. Babe. I know, but yeah. Ugh. It was. It was. Yeah, it looks interesting. Still, I'd be interested to watch yeah. it and see if they did give away the whole movie. Yeah, because I, I really liked her writing style. It was really um, spare. Yeah. And um, kind of utilitarian, but really creepy. Well, maybe that's what she does. Even though she's plagiarizing all this shit, <laughs> she brings her own unique style to the plagiarism. <laughs> maybe. I mean. It's, it's not the idea, it's the way you execute No, that is it. true, and that is to be fair. I mean, especially with something like The Birds, as we were yeah. discussing before, with such a generic animals attack storyline, like... Yeah. Yeah, you could say it was plagiarized, which, or, to, you know, the idea was plagiarized, which is... Which it sounds like it was. It sounds like it was. <laughs> but... But again, it's so generic that it's like, it's like, can you know, it's the way you do it is... It's the yeah. thing that makes it. Now, yeah. who know, I don't know whatever the one it's plagiarized, supposedly pra- plagiarized from. Maybe it's literally like the exact same story beats or something like that. I don't, I don't know. know. You know, we haven't read, though, that uh, I think the, the other, successor the other or whatever it was. Uh, a novel. 
So I'm I I don't know. I might be interested to look into that. Maybe and that's see. the story of the birds. <laughs> maybe, maybe like <laughs> the screenplay is like pulled from that one. But anyway, so yeah, we'll uh, definitely be doing some more Daphne du Maurier in the future. But for this one, the film beat out the book or the short story just barely. But they're very different. Keep that in mind. But go read the short story anyway because it was really good. And you can read it in an hour. It's very short. <laughs> so until next time, guys, keep watching movies, keep reading books, and keep checking us out on Facebook and Twitter at This Film Is Lit and Facebook.com slash This Film Is Lit. Or on Goodreads at just search This Film Is, this lit. Film is lit on Goodreads because I don't know how that works. Oh, what are we doing next week? Oh, well, we're doing the mini episode. What's our next episode? Our next what are we previewing? Episode? What are we previewing next <laughs> we... week? are doing the classic children's film Shrek. Are we? Yes, we I, are. This is a surprise to me, guys. <laughs> you heard it here first along with me. I didn't know I, I wasn't I know we have a schedule but I or a like a lineup, but I don't always look yeah, at I it. Yeah, I do that. Yeah, you take care of all that, so I wasn't sure what we were gonna Fantastic. <laughs> that one'll be a little more lighthearted than this one. Huh. So yeah, next episode we'll be previewing Shrek. We also may be talking about some other uh Maybe Stranger Things. We finally finished that the other day. Maybe talking about uh, Thor Ragnarok. Who knows? We'll have some stuff to talk about. So look forward to that in a week on This Film is Lit. Until then, (laughs) bye-bye. That's my (laughs) bye-bye. It's oh, you're adorable. <laughs> Our Siamese is laying next to the table with his stomach, his big fluffy belly. He has the world's fluffiest belly. <laughs> I just took a picture. You guys can look for that on our Facebook and Twitter page. <laughs> Give you a good excuse to go check those out. <laughs>